Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Thank you, Bishop. Before I get started, I just want to give honor to our ministry team. Uh, I'm thankful for Pastor investing in me, and not only me, see Brother Malone, uh, just helping us become ministers and use how God wants us. I'm thankful for Bishop and his love and his heart and always showing us the way. Uh, I'm grateful for Brother Mason and all the years that he invested in my youth group and in me, and he'll always be my youth pastor. Our roles have changed, but he's my youth pastor, and I'm grateful for him. And tonight, before I hop into the word here, if I could bring all this crowd over to this side. Okay, so I am not a preacher, but God has made me a teacher. Uh, If any of this seems a little strange to you, a little bit different, it's because I am doing this because I'm ministering with the ability that God gave me. Because I was praying Monday night, and I was breaking down with stress and anxiety, knowing I am not a preacher. I just cannot stand behind that pulpit and get everyone hyped up or feeling a certain way. That's just not the way that God made me be able to do. I'm not really good in front of an audience. And I was, I was thinking all that and that even my thought for this message tonight just wasn't going to be good enough. And really, I still kind of feel like all that is true. But in that moment, God stopped me in my tracks. And he reminded me of Moses and his stuttering problem. Initially, I just tried to dismiss the thought because it was just something that popped in my head while I was praying. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I kind of dismissed it a little bit. But it came back to the front of my mind very, very forcefully. And I realized God was trying to tell me something. Moses didn't think his voice was good enough to be heard because he was slow of speech. But he failed to realize that God was calling his voice as he was, not someone else's. The voice that Moses had was the voice that God wanted to use. Now, Moses did fail in that aspect, and Aaron was used to speaking because Moses just didn't change his train of thought. And I do, Moses is one of my heroes in the Bible. I mean, no disrespect to him, uh, but I just want to learn from that. And 
I just want to use the voice that God has given me and teach in the way that he has given me the ability to teach. So I'm first of all going to turn to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start out at verse number 25. Just going to be going all the way to verse 33. Matthew 6 and 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You may be seated. And I almost didn't uh, add these verses to this message tonight. But I was looking at these beautiful notes, handwritten right here, and I saw them written down. And I read through them again. And I like that last one. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I really like the principle of that because I feel like it kind of ties in. Um, But I'll go on here. We have the promises of God, and we know them. We know about salvation the power of prayer, the strength he gives. We know about his peace. We know that he is always with us and what it feels like to be in his presence. We have experienced amazing Holy Ghost blowout services. We have seen and also been used in the gifts of the Spirit. We have experienced answered prayer. We have seen miracles happen. We have no shortage of the testimony of being in church and experiencing the salvation of God. But as someone who's been in the church for a couple decades, as someone who has spiritual disciplines and resists the temptations of the world, I still sometimes wonder what might I be missing out on? Because as much as I am convinced that there is no better life I could be living, I realize there are some things in my life I miss out on. Now, anybody is going to be able to benefit from this message because it is straight from God. Many different people need to hear this. But my focus is more on us church kids, if you will. Those of us who have been in church for most of our lives and wonder what it may be like to not have church disciplines. This is for those like me, like Brother Alex, Brother Mason, those like Bishop, or even those who have just been in church for a long time. And we're looking back wondering, what have we been missing? 
Was it worth giving up these things? Was it worth resisting any of these things? And I also know that even new converts can benefit from this because it's something to kind of look forward to. But I'm mostly going to be speaking from my point of view in this message. And my desire and prayer is that it will resonate with every single one who hears this here tonight and on podcast in some way. I may be behind this pulpit, but my biggest desire is just to be a guy living his life without ever being in the spotlight. And maybe that's why God wants me here. Because he loves to see our comfort zones and use us right outside of it. So <laughs> it's, it's not my thing, but, you know, to God be the glory. So my story, my testimony is I have been in the apostolic church for about 22 years or so. I was filled with the Holy Ghost at 11 years old, and I'm never going to forget that experience. I remember my hands wouldn't stop shaking. I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. It's just the most amazing and wonderful experience. And, you know, before I got it, I can kind of see why people would make fun of it or think it's weird. But it's just something you, once you experience it, all those doubts are just gone. But even with that, uh, it wasn't until I was 16 uh, when I decided to get more serious about being in church. Uh, Because except for being filled with the Holy Ghost at 11, I didn't like church. And not being able to do things that other kids did. But at 16, I took a look at things and decided I should get serious about God. So I built up a habit of praying and reading the Bible every day. It was a really rough start. I wasn't completely committed. I hit and miss, but... Eventually, I really got my feet under me, and it became a daily habit where the day doesn't feel right without it. Uh, But over time, with doing that, growing in my relationship with God, the things my parents once made me do were becoming things that I myself was choosing to do, like going to church, like praying, like avoiding certain things, keeping spiritual disciplines, It wasn't easy, but I decided that it was going to be worth it. And still to this day, my only real regret is that I didn't start so much sooner. Why did I wait so long? But as true as that statement is, there's still plenty of times where I wonder what I might have been missing out on while trying to live true to God's word. I wouldn't trade this life I live for anything. But I still wonder what if I did And I do have a list of things I feel like I personally have missed out on. Now, I have no desire to be especially wild or crazy about anything at all. I just want to be a guy who is known and appreciated by others. I don't want to be popular in the spotlight. I simply want to be your average, smart about what I do, fun, happy guy that doesn't have regrets. Pretty simple. That's just me. But I'm going to let all of you in on some things I feel like I've missed out on by being in church. And uh, bear with me on that wording because I don't have any regrets. This is just what I truly feel. I know you're not going to relate to every detail, but I do know that in the principle and the concept, everyone in church is going to relate. Even the strongest saints have temptations from the world. And being tempted isn't the sin. It's giving in to the temptation. That's the sin. But I pray that you all will be kind and patient, understanding, and forgiving with me 
as I tell you some of these things because to me it feels like it's going to be really, really raw. It may not seem like much to you, but to me it feels kind of raw because I'm also not much of one to just blurt out everything I feel and think. And try to be sensitive to God in this. Try to not just see me, but see yourself. Because God has something he wants to say to you. He put this on my heart for a reason. And so here are some of the things I feel like I've missed. And again, this is chalkboard or whiteboard. It's kind of more for me because it's how I teach Sunday school. So it's kind of a comfort, comfort zone so I can relax a little bit. So I feel like I have missed out on language. Don't judge the spelling if I'm wrong, please. <laughs> but, <laughs> but being able to just cuss when I am frustrated about someone or something or using language to really get that point across would feel so nice. To not bite my tongue and say what I'm actually thinking, that would be so sweet. Uh, and I, again, I don't necessarily mean like saying the F-bomb every five seconds or speaking like a sailor. I just mean it'd be nice to be able to cuss every now and then when I'm upset. It's what I hear all the time. And so it's already kind of in my mind because it's just in society. It'd be nice just to be able to do it. Like when I'm mad or something smashes my finger all of a sudden, I don't have to bite my lip. I can just say something. But another thing I feel like I've missed out on, certain movies. My dad once said, would you still watch that if Jesus was sitting next to you? Ever since then, I have cut out a lot of movies, a lot of shows, and a lot of books that I felt like I really could not watch or read with Jesus physically sitting, sitting next to me. Whether it's because of sexual content, really bad language, or just too much unnecessary gore, which means I can't watch Deadpool. That's, and I know I would really enjoy that movie. This is a, it's really funny. Everyone talks about it. I'm just sitting here like, hey, yeah, I, I've got nothing. And I, I really wish I could just watch movies like that because it's just interesting. Nothing really devious about it. Nothing over-the-top sinful, so to speak, if I'm just talking from the point of view of someone out in the world. But something I have missed out on just due to spiritual disciplines. Here's a really big one for me. Something that actually more led me to this thought. Music. Most of us know it. We love it. Music is fantastic. And I love hard rock and metal. That's my jam. That's the sound that speaks to me. I can listen to it to just relax and calm down. I can listen to it to get amped up in the gym. I can listen just to listen. That's my genre. For some people, it's country. God help them. Uh, but everyone, we've all got a genre we really, really love. But, and to be clear, I don't actually listen to non-Christian music. Uh, if it's secular, I just don't listen to it. Uh, but I do have plenty of times where I really want to listen to bands like Five Finger Death Punch, Breaking Benjamin, Papa Roach, Evans Blue from Ashes to New. I mean, there's a whole list I've got. Like, like that gym 
the gym stereo played some pretty good stuff before I got my headphones in. But I just really love the sound. And not only that, that's not the only temptation, just the sound, but it'd also be nice to have non-Christian-based lyrics to listen to a song that relates to a different part of my life or to just somehow I'm feeling in the moment without being spiritual about it. Another thing I missed out on is relationships. And I'm not just talking about friends, I'm talking about girls. But not dating outside the apostolic church was really hard because girls are pretty. I mean, (laughs) it's easy also to get really close to a girl you have class with every day or you work with every day or you just see in the grocery store every day. And it killed me to say no to having a relationship with a lot of different girls over the years because they didn't go to church and they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Because if they didn't have the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to date them. That doesn't mean I didn't talk to them and form some sort, some sort of talking relationship, but never actually went to dating. But the really hard part was how right a connection might feel. But needing to stay true to what God said about not being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Sometimes I feel like I missed out on wearing certain clothes. This may be a lot more relatable for, for women, uh, but for me, it's also kind of a big thing because I'm a huge believer in casual clothes. I don't like what I'm wearing right now. For me, it is uncomfortable. It's restricting. If I bend over to tie my shoes, the back of my shirt wants to come untucked. It's, there's, uh, there's nothing about this I really enjoy. But I do enjoy, you know, honoring the house of God, and I still believe in that. But my ideal outfit is simply tennis shoes, shorts, and a cutoff shirt. Really basic, really plain. Uh, but for modesty's sake and to honor God, I never wore that. And to be honest, uh, just to let you in, it is harder now that I do work out, and would, that would be an ideal gym outfit. There's nothing like seeing what you're working to really motivate you. And so that's just something that, if tripped me up is right wording, and that's what it is, but it's just kind of like, it's there, I really want it. You know, it's something I have to constantly say no to. And not to mention, when it's hot outside, man, that would feel so nice. Another big one I missed out on, since there's no kids in here, is sex. Not sure I have to explain this a whole lot, really. God said, that's only for marriage. And I'm not married. I'm still a guy with all the natural desires that God planted in all of us. So saying no over the years, not been easy. And no, none of the offers came from any of the girls in church, if you're wondering. It came from a lot of the relationships I said no to. There's also some substances. How many church kids, those of us like me, kind of grew up in church or been in church for a very long time, ever wonder what it would be like to get a buzz from drinking or just to get drunk? I haven't really thought about that a whole lot myself, uh, but I have from time to time. Like, what do we feel like just to get buzzed, just to kind of laugh or just go out with some friends? 
my biggest one personally, how great would steroids be? And those, yeah. <laughs> Come on, that would be really nice. Just It's a shortcut, awesome. But uh, those are really about the only two things I would ever call struggling with because uh, I'm not really much for a party scene and drugs just don't really entice me any. Uh, but not taking steroids or something similar, that's the hard part because I know it really would really help me achieve my goals or alcohol would help me to have a really funny Friday evening or Saturday night with some of the guys. Uh, with the steroids, mostly I just feel worthless when I compare myself to the other guys at the gym because I'm like, hi, what have I been doing these last six years? <laughs> uh, so that's that's been a big temptation for me and something I feel like I've missed out on. Simply because I just want to, I want to honor uh, God in my body. And I don't want to add stuff to it that puts it outside of its natural state that it was designed to be in. And I could go on, but I'm going to stop this list here. And again, to be clear about all this, these are things that I feel like I've missed. I can't really speak for anyone else, but I know there are plenty of people in church who can relate to exactly what I'm talking about, even if it's not this exact list. And to help anyone who's concerned about this, just to help you breathe a little bit easier, just know I'm only speaking about things that sometimes weigh down on my mind because I'm not a super saint. I had a sister that she would always be like, here's Jesus and here's you. Like, I, that's not me. Like, I'm not a super saint. I, I have temptations too. I just usually don't talk about them. I am a man who is saved, and I am filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. I desire to honor God in everything I think, everything I say, everything I do, and with intention, not just by happenstance. But I have to say all these things because I know I'm not unique in the feeling that I'm missing out on things. And I don't want any other saint who feels like I do to give up on following God and give in to the temptations because we think we've missed out on something. It is so dangerous to ponder on these things, wondering if it's worth avoiding it anymore. And I've been there. The biggest one recently has been with music. And music may not cast me into hell, but it can certainly lead to other things on my list. It can certainly get you closer to where I don't need to be. And I just want you guys to know you're not alone. Obviously, if you hear me, you know you're not alone and feeling like you're missing out on things. But there's also so many more than just us. There's more than just me and you who's walking this exact same path. We're all just trying to fight these temptations. We're all trying to fight our list of things we feel like we've missed out on because we want to walk worthy of God's calling on our lives. And there are many many, many saints in heaven now that walked this exact same path and had the exact same struggles. I don't care if it was a different generation with different technology and different culture. We are still all human. We still have the same basic temptations to sin. And sin is sin. I don't care what it is. It is all a separation between you and God. Whether it's a white lie or is going out and killing someone. It is a separation between you and God. 
And you may think, when you're thinking about those who are in heaven now, yeah, they're in heaven now. They can't really relate to me. They've done made it. But I think they made it. They went a lifetime, a whole lifetime, whether it was 15 years or 85 years, they went a lifetime enduring all of this, and they made it. So can we. Heaven itself is reward enough to endure all of this. A gate made of one giant solid pearl. The streets made of pure gold. The mansions, one mansion for each and every one of us. The lack of any more sorrow and pain. Everything you feel in your body right now, gone. You are literally perfect. No more temptation, no more struggle. The eternal presence of God Almighty. No more sin, no more separation. That is enough to keep pressing forward. It's all waiting those who endure to the end. But if the end is feeling too far away, like it almost always does, let's look at the opposite end of this spectrum of what we're missing out on. Again, I'm going to cover myself personally because I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you. And I already have a list made out anyway. So, first one. Again, language. I'm going to go ahead and cross it out. Because I know I'm not actually missing out. I may resist the urge to cuss. And that leaves my words clean. I don't have to take back something I've said in anger. I don't have to worry about belittling someone. The discipline that comes with avoiding cuss words has also helped me not to speak my mind. And that has saved me from a lot of mistakes. Has kept me from making a lot of enemies. You just can't take back what you say in your anger. Music. Whether or not you realize it, Satan was once the head of heaven's choir before he fell. And he still has a great influence in music. God didn't take away all of his power. He kicked him out of heaven. Satan knows music. He knows exactly how it affects us. He knows exactly why we like it. He's not an idiot. He's nowhere near on God's level. He's just an angel. But I've always considered him a master chess player. You know exactly how to move those pieces to get someone else to move somewhere else. He knows what he's doing. Music affects our mood, affects our mindset. But by keeping only Christian music, I keep my mind and my mood focused on God. God wants us to be full of truth, full of mercy, peace, joy, pretty much anything good you can imagine. That's what he wants us full of. But this world, Satan, he only wants us to focus on our sadness, our pain, our anger, the tears, or just a temporary happiness in music. I've heard some pretty upbeat tunes that kind of, like, hey, you know, that sounds pretty cool. It could put you in a happy mood. And then you actually look at what the lyrics are saying. You're just like, I would not let a child listen to that. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty bad. But for me personally, I can't use, because like I said, I love to listen to 
metal music. I love hard rock. I can't use the excuse that I just have to listen to that because I can't stand most contemporary music, and I don't like gospel, and I don't like southern gospel. I respect the Kraft family greatly. <laughs> I grew up on them. They are, they are really good. They're just not my style. But I have found really amazing Christian metal bands that always keep my mind back on Christ. I can enjoy the music without compromising any of the word. But whatever genre you love, there is a Christian artist version out there. If you want it bad enough, you're going to find it. And trust me, I want it bad enough. I'm, I'm finding a lot of stuff. But still be careful to what spirit you're entertaining. Not everyone who claims to be a Christian band is actually seeking to honor God. The closer you get to God, the more you can feel that. And I've gotten rid of some Christian bands because I just had a bad feeling. And so I cut that out of my life. For someone else, it may not bother them. But I want to be as respectful to God in my life as possible. Relationships. I love right now marking this out because this wasn't what I was going to do. I was going to write down something else over there. But it's making me realize I'm not actually missing out. The appeal is still there. I mean, a poisonous pretty flower is still a pretty flower. You just avoid it because it's poison. But looking at relationships, it hurt me at the time when I had to say no to the girls of the world. No matter that emotional connection or whatever you want to call it, that it just seemed to click. But looking back, I see that God really has saved me from a lot. And I really want to emphasize this was hard. This took everything I had to say no. This was me pushing against it every day for weeks because it was always right there in my face. And everything in me wanted that. But I had to make a choice, and I was choosing to honor God. And looking back, I do see that God saved me from a whole lot. I know I would have backslid. I have no doubt. I know I'm weak. I know I couldn't stand against that. I've watched enough people backslide doing the same thing. Not everyone, but most people I know. But looking at where I am now, I'm in an amazing relationship. We take the time. We pray together, whether it's in person or over the phone. We worship together in church. We laugh together. We go to the gym together. We play Nintendo together. We jam out to music together. It's, it was a long and really hard wait. But God answered my prayer for the right relationship even better than what I was praying for. This alone makes me realize how worth it everything on my list has been because God has taken care of one area so well. He cares that much about that one area. He cares about every area. Movies. I can see why there's a lot of churches that preach that a TV is a one-eyed devil. They really are on to something. But I have seen plenty of really good movies. I've read a lot of amazing novels. 
and I don't have the negative influence of the wrong kind of movies or books in my mind because I did not watch them. I did not read them. Intentionally, I cut them out. It makes it easier for me to watch what I say and be more mindful of how I act. Stories and what we watch, certain characters we connect to, they influence our thoughts and they influence our actions. Usually it's subconscious, but it happens. And not only do I have the benefit of the non-negative influences, I don't entertain a spirit of fear by watching scary movies. For one thing, I probably couldn't handle it anyway. But I don't have that in my house. You may not feel like it's anything. But what you will allow into your home and into your mind will come in. And I'm very glad that fear is not something I'm letting in my house. Sex. I am 27 years old. I have no children out of wedlock. I'm pretty sure I am one of the only people at my job over 21 that doesn't have kids with someone that they're not currently with. I don't have to worry about child support, a difficult relationship. I don't have any diseases. And as difficult as it is to wait, I don't have any regrets. We can all attest that waiting until marriage isn't easy. If you haven't waited, you still understand it wouldn't be easy. But those who have waited don't have to worry about past baggage or comparison with past partners. It's just you and your spouse. And it is every bit as beautiful as God designed for it to be. At the right time, with the right person, my wife, I'm going to have that. And it's going to be worth it. Substances. I have no bad drunk stories. No bad party stories. Having always been sober, my dumb decisions were just my own. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I also, that's about all I've got for alcohol, but when it comes to steroids, I have no bad side effects from it. I've seen the bad effects. They're not pretty. They're not good. Uh, I've worked with a guy who admitted to taking steroids. He was a pretty chill guy. He was legit in the gym. He did the work. Uh, he just had no reserves when it comes to, to what he put in his body. Uh, but he did tell me he always had to fight anger. He always had to think to himself, it's the steroids, it's the steroids, it's the steroids. And I know his past. He didn't always succeed at that. But I am all natural. Everything I've gained, I can take actual pride in. Because it was done by dedication and hard work. It was done by messing up royally, embarrassing myself big time, and someone showing mercy and showing me the right way it's done. Thank you for everyone who did that. But there's nothing like earning what you've got and seeing your hard work paying off. Resisting the pressure to take steroids has been hard. I've been offered from a lot of different people. But looking back, I'm really glad that I didn't. Temptation, I know, is probably always going to be there as long as I go to the gym. I just don't have any regrets that I didn't take it. <laughs> 
clothes. Dressing modestly isn't actually as bad as we sometimes think it to be or make it out to be. It's definitely far from impossible. God has always called his people to be different from the world around us and to be modestly clothed. I can make all the excuses I want. But again, looking back, I can see how much of a protection modest clothes really are. Not just for women, also for guys. It does help prevent help, prevent lust in the opposite sex. You can't stop what someone does or looks at. You can only do your part to prevent it, and it does help. Every barrier does count. Dressing modestly also exposes your value and self-worth. And it honors your spouse, either currently or spouse-to-be, because our bodies are meant to be exposed to only that one person. Yeah, it'd be nice to wear certain things. And you can make all the justification for wearing it that you want. But modest clothes have proven to be more beneficial to me than immodest clothes. I can even give you a shorts example. I wondered for a long time, why can't we wear shorts? Because a lot of women, you know, wear their dresses up to the knees. Same thing, right, with shorts? We guys, you can kind of look how guys are sitting. You can look how guys will cross their legs. And you can look how shorts hang down. I've seen up so many short legs, it's not even funny. The moment I started seeing that all the time, I realized, okay, I understand perfectly <laughs> why not to wear shorts. It's, I've been traumatized. <laughs> but you know what? It's really amazing how spiritual disciplines don't look so bad when we're looking at the reasons why we have them. Rather than just looking at what they are and that you should avoid them, looking at why, your purpose, the purpose for having them. And they're not so bad when we stop letting the surrounding world influence what we do and say. I have had my list for a long time, pretty much as long as I've been in church. Always feeling like I was missing out on things I could be enjoying without being a bad person by enjoying them. All my friends in school did this stuff just fine. And even now they look like they're living fairly happy lives. Not all of them. I could point out the ones that obviously doing A, B, and C was really bad. But looking at the ones where everything is just fine, it looks just fine. At least as far as I can see. It's true. I would really enjoy doing anything on my list. I may not even see any real bad consequences, but pushing God out only lets the opposite of all that he is back in. God is too much of a gentleman. He will not force your presence, his presence in your life. And so if we simply don't welcome him in, everything else is going to come in because nothing else is a gentleman. And there's no such thing as a spiritual vacuum. There may be a vacuum in space. You may be able to create it on a natural sense, but not spiritually. 
something is going to fill your spirit. God does want in, but he lets you make that choice. Satan just kind of slips right in, whether you want him to or not. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you're going to become evil. I'm not going to say by fulfilling this list you're going to be the worst sinner in the world. You may still be a real decent, good, moral person. But anxiety, depression, fear, anger, jealousy, addiction, all these things we see plaguing a nation that rejects God will be some of those exact same things that's going to fill you, even if it takes a little bit of time. And Satan is very patient. This world, its pleasures, its benefits, they only last for a season. Even if your season is 30 years or more, that's a season without God. That's a season where you may be anxious or facing depression all the time. You're still putting on a smiley face. You're still enjoying your list. But you don't have the peace of God like you could. I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to read verses 24 to 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. If we are choosing to push God out, if we decide to choose our list and satisfy our flesh, we're going to fall. It doesn't matter how good or how long our season of satisfying our list is. The ocean that is this life is going to send storms and waves and winds, and we will fall. The only true foundation is the word of God. And, okay, for us church kids, it's really easy to say something like that and just say it and go. That's just the thing to say. We've heard it a million times. And sometimes I think that's just whatever. I've heard it too much. But let's look at why it really is truth. The love and respect of this world is always going to change. One moment it praises you for your individuality. The next it's going to call you an attention seeker who needs to conform to the new fads. One moment it is praising a pop star for their stand. The next moment it is burning them alive. This world and all that it offers is just like the sand of a beach. People can build, and they do build, the most beautiful and elegant sandcastles that everyone is just, wow, this is amazing. Next wave comes along, the next storm, it's washed away with the waves, it's, and it's forgotten. No matter how much work you put into it, it's gone. But God and his word, all his promises, all his blessings, all his standards is the exact opposite. 
It's not easy to follow holiness and be separate from the world around us. But it sure is nice to know that his love and his word is never going to change. And that his grace and his mercies don't fade away over time. In a constantly changing world that's impossible to keep up with, it is so good to know the solid foundation that we have in Christ. Anything truly worth doing is going to take sacrifice. It's going to take dedication. I realize I acknowledge my list. It's a thing I'm going to have the rest of my life because for the rest of my life, I'm going to be flesh and blood. Until God calls me home, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to want to do those things. But I've weighed the cost. And I see clearly that it's worth sacrificing that whole list and so much more than what I actually told you about. It's worth sacrificing all of that for everything I've gained in Christ. All the peace. The times I can go to him prayer at any time. I could be in the middle of entertaining something on my list. And I can turn around and pray and he helps me set everything back right. Kind of putting one foot on the sand. And he helps me get back up on a rock. But if we go ahead and stand. And if the music could go ahead and come. And I would if we could just everyone to come up here and find a spot to pray. Think about the list that you have. Whatever the list is. And you can just come on up. Think about the list that you have, the things that you've been wanting to do. Things Maybe you just feel like you're missing out on it because you gave it up for Christ at some point, something that you used to do. And then remember who God is. Think of the reason why you're willing to give it up. If you can't give up everything right now, that's okay. Just keep taking those steps forward and keep growing. And let your list become erased as God replaces everything that was once on it. And as it turns out, the answer to my title tonight, What Have I Missed? Is actually that I haven't missed out on anything after all. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.